Listo, vámonos. Salud, César. Salud. A ver, César, ¿cómo va la canción? Provocame. Uh, that's the song of the day right there. Atrévete. Hope y'all remember that jam right there. That's, a, that's, that's an oldie and a goodie right there. That's the one that I was singing, and it's a classic. Damn. A banger. It is a banger, It's man. something your parents, our parents were probably listening to. Appreciate it. So if there are parents listening to this podcast, that one's for you guys. There we go. All right, folks. Welcome back to Goal Sighted episode 38. Uh, we have an action-packed agenda as usual. We got a whole bunch of top news. Tata's coming out and making some drama just because he has to, I guess. Um, we got some rumors coming on some summer transfers in England, I think, are pretty good. Uh, and then we'll go around the league like we usually do, and we'll bring you home with what we're excited about for the week. How are you feeling, Sissat? I'm feeling great. A bit chilly because of the weather we got going on here, but... We got, a, we got a mega storm coming to the bay. Yeah, and then I was walking by coming to your house and a branch fell i was like oh my head you should sued the city of san francisco huh you should just like laid out huh we've made but hell no we're money. we're moving forward you know we'll be fine just another storm here in california we need it the water right i was reading the thing that said that like the amount of rain that we've had yeah we need like that again to fully get us out of the drought damn and I don't know if you guys can hear it on the podcast. Hopefully, you guys can't because that would mean we got good audio equipment. Yep. But the wind is wilding right now. Shit's, shit's busting. Shit's crazy. But yeah, we're super excited too because we got, if you're ever watching this on video, if we ever release it, but we got our mic stands. So we got Yay. some free hands. I feel so liberated. I'm swinging my arms around right now. Um, I'm super excited. I feel like I can do so much now. I can control things. I can... Do this, do that. Text people back. Look at Sayaway. But yeah, let's get right into it. Top news. The first thing that I had mentioned, Tata Martino coming out of the woodworks for no reason at all. Uh, and he is exposing the Mexican Federation, the Mexican owners in a very, very calm, respectful way as Tata does. But he did mention uh, things like the Mexican players aren't worth the 8 to $10 million that the teams are requesting other teams pay for their transfer fees, uh, saying that there are a lot of special interests that have nothing to do with soccer in the league. Yep. Uh, by that meaning that the owners are, are uh, businessmen more than they are uh, interested in developing the it's, game in yeah. soccer in Mexico, right? The talent, yeah. Yeah, and um, and that that leads to the downfall of so many things. He mentioned how the young Mexican soccer player goes to Europe with coming back to Mexico in one to two years being a perfectly fine option. And he compared it to U.S. soccer, uh, MLS players, youth players, that they go at a cheaper price to Europe, and they have no intentions of coming back. Their intention is to become the best player that they can out there. And it looks like this new generation is really trying to feed that back to their national team, right? To, to have a really stacked national team. So a lot of criticism... A lot of good points, I think. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Tell me your initial thoughts. Well, I think Tata brings out great points. The way Mexican soccer is structured, it benefits the the business owners. It doesn't benefit any soccer player. 
any young prospect, any new talent whatsoever. Mm-hmm. From the Mexican market, Tigres, for example, buying Gorreran for $12 million, even worse. Yeah. Uh, Domestically, and the competition isn't getting better for the amount of money they're playing for these paying for these players. But I think at the end of the day, for me, it's he's saying all of this too late. He says it in the interview that he noticed this two years in, mm-hmm. in his term as a the Mexican national team coach that he like, had like a meeting with ownership, right? Uh, different team owners about two years in, and that he noticed that there was it's going to be a challenge, right? Yeah, but he never brought it up. He brings it up now. I think he brought it up right before the World Cup. He did. That's two years later, right? It it doesn't help whatsoever now. And the the Mexican Federation is just gonna say, "Oh, he's just hurt with us. He's uh, mad at us. He's all these things." Like he has no power. The the interesting points that I saw being made was like that he does have a leg to stand on because the people that would have been there to criticize him aren't there anymore. Gerardo Torrado was not there anymore. Neither is Yone Luisa. Well, he's still technically there, but he's about to be kicked out, right? Or or, or resign or whatever the hell he's going to do. Um, the folks from Football Picante, the, the majority of the table were finding it genuine. Yeah. Right? Like, And it is genuine. I mean, he has the right to come out and talk shit. I think Jorge Pietrasanta was super pissed on the, on the, on the, the clip. Uh-huh. And his big points were like saying like okay but Tata has to Tata is a huge piece of this whole fracaso he has to own up to a lot of it uh which I don't think he's not owning up to it by doing this I think you should expose what is Mexican soccer we already know that it's that bad we do but it's we I think people just need the closure to know like these owners are not fucking helping at all and everyone's just talking about how the team needs to get better the selección but nobody's there's no actions for it. Yep. But they still keep having these like fake plans to make it better for the next World Cup. And we're getting that same cycle. Yeah, it's like a toxic circle we're going in. Mm-hmm. Like Tata Osorio came, he left. Now Tata came, he he's the new big thing and we're all really excited and it's the same root problems that we've had for years. Yeah. The feedback that he must have given to Coca just makes me feel that Coca is just complacent with what yeah. what the hand that he's dealt. Yep. That he wants a national team, of course. Who doesn't want to coach a national team, right? And that he's basically okay with the limitations that the owners are going to put on him. Yeah. Maybe not players-wise, because I'm not as cynical to think that like he, he is told who exactly to put. But rather that the tools that he's given... They're just not the best. I'm happy he came out, but at the same time, I wish he would have done something else while he was there. I know it's even, hard. Even right now, he's... Yeah. From the top of your lungs while you're still there. Yeah, because the interesting point is you would want action to come out of it. T- two years ago or whatever, he, he brought it up and nothing happened, right? He's bringing it up now, but he's not. he's also not really asking for action either. He's just bringing it up. Yeah. Because he said he has no no hand in the game to to say like oh i have no reason to come out and say it now because i have no benefit i'm not the coach anymore right Right. but at the same time he has no pressure because he's not the coach anymore to come out and to say that that stuff but yeah it would be better if if there were a coach or somebody that was in that place of power that can then turn around and be like there needs to be this restructuring to mexico because of xyz certain things right yes we know players are overvalued we know that these things happen 
But there needs to be somebody in the Federation that steps up and is like, this whole thing's fucked. Owners need to chill out. Players need to stop being so comfortable in Mexico and really push themselves competitively mm-hmm. and have like plans for that. Exactly. Because there, there's no plan. We, we, we've been knowing for 20 years or whatever that, that it's owned by conglomerates hand, and yeah. by patrocinadores, sponsorships and stuff. A handful of people, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's good that he comes out. I love that he came out. I want him to come out and say more things. Um, but it's just not, it's not the best. To, there are things we know. Um, yeah, let's move it on. Uh, we, have, we got a couple rumors on potential transfers and people leaving teams for other teams. I think it's mostly for the summer. But I heard a rumor that Mason Mount might go to Newcastle or maybe Everton. What Those do you think? Two drastic uh, teams. Newcastle. Teams. <laughs> yeah. Newcastle is trying to stay in the top four in Everton or fighting relegation. Well, it, I mean, if Everton goes down, they're definitely not going to get him. They won't spend that money to, to take him to, to, take him to, to the championship. I doubt he would go as well. Right, right. Newcastle would be interesting. I it would. Do you think he'd have a better, like a revamp to his career? Or do you think it'd be kind of a struggle at that point? No, I think uh, going to Newcastle will revamp his career just because um, because of Chelsea's locker room. Chelsea has bring in a lot of stars. Uh, you've got, got Ziyech. Ziyech. You have um, Wilderick. Joao you Felix. Joao Felix. But you he's have, going back on loan. He's coming. He's going back home. But uh, you have a lot. That That's the point. You know, you have a lot. And Obama he, Yang. He's trying to leave as well. Yeah, but they 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 have a they have a shit ton of Enzo players. Fernandez. Yeah, yeah. So they have a shit ton of players to where that it's it becomes toxic. Like there's so much pressure on you. You're in Chelsea, uh, you're doing so poorly, and you just can't bring the best out of players. And yeah. one of those is Mason Mount. So for him to get a, a move to Newcastle, I feel like will revamp his career. Um, I feel like he'll do a lot better, a, a better environment, a team who is hungry for success. Definitely. Um, and they have some holes in the team, right, that he can fit into and just right. start over somebody like like Joelinton's uh, there. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes keeps getting injured. Um, they, uh, I think, what's that fool's name? Longstaff or whatever. Yeah. They have players there that are good and they're doing really well, but like somebody like Mason Mount can come and take their position and revamp the team. Right. Yeah, be a rotational player or be the starting player. I think uh, Newcastle needs that depth if they really want to be a top four team. Yeah. And uh, if they make it this season, then they need to uh, look for players to play Champions League. And they got the money, right? They right. Got, like the new ownership pretty recently. Um, and I think Mason Mount would possibly add on to the list of people that like keep saying that there's this Chelsea curse, right? Because players that have been world-class have been done shitty there and then they leave and they do better kevin de bruyne right mo salah mo salah is a big one right all those players had mediocre careers at chelsea for who knows what reason the pressure uh the style of play maybe the culture that's there in the locker room with the ownership i don't know if something maybe doesn't fuel them to do well and then they go to other teams and they're amazing Right. right so maybe he'll be the next one i i think him leaving would be good for his career, especially since he's been there since the academy. Right. A new change of locker room might be good. Might bring that hunger back in him. Yeah. That he's not already everything that that institution has. 
to offer basically he's not like the embodiment of that institution he's got to work for it and i think it'd be really good i think it'd be cool especially at newcastle yeah it's exciting um, for him if it if it ends up happening yeah uh the other one that i got uh the sun i don't i don't think that's a very uh reputable <laughs> uh news source but they're claiming that the top two priorities for arsenal this offseason are to sign napoli forward victor Osimen who's a hot commodity right now, one oh, of the yeah. top forwards in the world, and uh, West Ham's Declan Rice, which I think Arsenal's been trying for him for a while, but they, they're off. They're asking so much money for Declan Rice just because he is young uh, English six, right? He is the holder of that position on the national team too. Um, and he's a really good player. Yeah, but th- those are two interesting options, I think, because I, I could see those being true because we've heard about Declan Rice already. And Victor Osimhen, I think everyone's going to come for him. Yeah. And he everybody and he's killing it right now in Napoli. And Napoli's going to want good money for him, for Chucky, for uh, Cavaradona. Uh-huh. Um, there's already rumors of Cavaradona, Cavarskelia to Real Madrid. Osimhen would be a really good option for Arsenal. And it would bring them back to having like a very strong focal point at the nine versus Trossard or... And Kedia or um, Gabriel Jesus, who are like more get in the game and play around, right? Yeah. Um, I think it'll be good for Osimhen as well, um, going into a more physical league like the, the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I think it'll fit his style of play. And then in terms of Declan Rice, I think he needs to get out of West Ham. I yeah. think West Ham isn't. Uh, maybe in the past they've been a really top club, but not at the moment. Um Especially this season, they're fighting relegation as well, or they're right above relegation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think uh, they should go for both of them. And what do you think? You're an Arsenal fan. I think you guys would be set if you guys got I, these two players. People have been pushing for Declan Rice for so like like so much because they're like, we'll have the British center mid of the future, right? Um, and I I don't know. I, I think they're they have a good squad right now with the center mids. Obviously, Jorginho is kind of aging, so he's not the best. Uh, but I think there are other options out there. I, I don't think they need to break the bank for somebody like Declan Rice. Same with Jude Bellingham. I don't think they have to join the bidding war with Real Madrid or with Liverpool or whoever wants him. I don't think so either. I, I think that's leave it for Real Madrid. Yeah. I even thought the same with Moises Caicedo. Like I, th- I thought, like dude, like there's other players you can go for. I wanted them to go for N'Golo Kante and hopefully get a super deal. Especially now he's coming back. He just started training. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently they went for Jorginho, which, I mean, it's good. He got us the win against Aston Villa. So he's, yeah. he's coming through. Um, but Victor Osimhen would be awesome. I think a very good striker is very much needed. And if you're at the top of the league, players don't mind being rotation players. No, they don't. Right? Um, because they're going to be playing Champions League. They're going to be playing FA, Carabao, and League. Plus anything else, right? So um, it's a good problem to have. But we'll see. We'll see if the, they open up that wallet. One more rumor, rumor, rumor. Let's go. Arteta rumor to Real Madrid Shame. to be Ancelotti's successor. He addressed it in, a, in an interview that he had with um, the media after practice, I think. Arteta did? Yeah, and he just said, like, people will write what they want to write. I haven't been approached with anything, so it is a rumor until it's not a rumor. Um, I am here, present. We're trying to build something here. I don't think it's that. 
I, I don't think it'll happen or, or that it's even possible. He's a Masia product too. Barcelona through and through. So I I'm know, I saying, know it happens, but like, I just don't see happen. him. I don't see him going to round. I don't see it either. I think uh, Arteta should stay at Arsenal for the rest of his career because we've seen it, how he's trying to build something and we've seen it as a player. Mm-hmm. And even when he was with Pep Guardiola, during that period of uh, him transitioning to be a ma- manager, you saw that he was an Arsenal, like a legend, there, a right? legend. Like, yeah. he, Even I, I don't think he was like the best of players there. Like to like be legend, he was a fan favorite. He was a staple. He was very well known. He was loved. Everyone knew there was something about this guy too. Super brilliant, right? Uh, and it, it came true, right? He became a disciple of Pep Guardiola. Yeah, and and plus he doesn't really fit what Real Madrid is used to. He doesn't fit. Yeah, um, where Real Madrid likes to play, like the DNA that we know of Real Madrid. Of Real right? Madrid, yeah, you would fit like as a Xavi su- successor. Uh, um, yeah, so I I call bullshit on this one. Um, sorry. but what was the point that I was going to make? It's good to wonder, I guess. Oh yeah, it's it's great news. It's great tabloids, great headlines. But uh, uh, the point that I was going to make. You mentioned he should stay there the rest of his career. Arsenal is used to that type of thing, right? Arsene Wenger was there for decades, right? Yeah. So, like, they're not opposed to having decade-long programs, projects, um, just to give them the helm and be like, we'll be good with you through the good and through the bad. They already went through some bad. They're going through some good right now. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a good life that he must have right now. Yeah, I think he's your guy, Arsenal fans. That's my guy. All right, let's take it around the league, Cesar. We'll start off with the Champions League because that shit was wild in this. <laughs> PSG got eliminated by Bayern. I, I, I was going to say I saw the where is Messi gifts, but it was because I threw them in the Discord. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I could hear it. I didn't see much out of PSG, man. Yeah, PSG is just soulless. There's nothing. They play to nothing. They play to kick the ball, try to get it to Mbappe, and then Mbappe is covered. And okay, who, who's who next? Else? Who else? Who it's else? It's not like you have the greatest player of all time right yeah. there. But Messi is older. He's yeah, not the same. It's not the same thing. The, it it seems to me like they're always looking for who else is going to do it. Yeah, there's like, nobody that takes that responsibility. It's like, like uh, if you're like uh, Verratti or if you're like some of their mid players or defenders, it's just like, well, I'm not going to be that aggressive. Like who else is going to win us the game? And it, you, more than not, it's Mbappe who just takes over the game and wins it in league, right? Or in the past Champions League games. And it's just not happening. And it's sure as hell not going to happen against Bayern. No. Joao Cancelo looks like a freaking monster on that Bayern team. Oh, yeah. I'm scared for whoever... Plays Bayern. Whoever gets them next, man. Hopefully not Napoli. Oh. Because <laughs> we want that underdog story to continue. Um, yeah, Tottenham lost too. Well, they drew against Milan. Super boring game. Another Tottenham boring game. But they're out. Another trophy they don't win. Yeah, the what usual. else? The sky is blue. Water's <laughs> wet. <laughs> is water wet? Hey. That's a tough one. Uh, Benfica smacked Bruges. Do you think Benfica... Is a true contender in this, or are they just making it through? No, I think they're serious. I don't know if they're a true contender, but I think Benfica is going to be a tough opponent, whoever 
gets to face them. I don't think Benfica's going to be that strong in the next round, but it's kind of similar to Napoli. I want to see them against a tougher team. I think they'll. I think they'll. They could hold their own against like a Chelsea, who's who's moved on. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably put my money on Benfica if they were to play Chelsea. Yeah, but I mean, if uh, if Leipzig can squeeze through against City, uh, if Inter or Porto, I think they can hold their own against those teams. Uh, but like, if they get a Real Madrid, if they get a a ba- if they get Bayern, I think those are going to be tougher. As I just mentioned, Chelsea beat Dortmund. That was a pretty big surprise. Chelsea looked pretty good. So the, the yeah the first one was Raheem Sterling, and then the second one Kai Havertz got a penalty, and missed it. He hit the post, and then the the ref called encroachment on Dortmund players, even though everyone was in. Everyone was in. I do. I don't understand how that works out. I um, think it might have been because the ball went to a Dortmund player that was already that was the one that encroached. So like. Everyone went forward, yeah. Uh-huh. But like the ball went to the guy that encroached from Dortmund. So he got it because he had an advantage. So they replayed it. I don't fucking that's the only logic that I can think of in my head because I was scratching my head at this for days. Yeah, me too. He, he like five people went in and they yeah. got Gio Reyna was the one that got called for it. <laughs> I, oh, started, I started and he was like the fourth person in. <laughs> there was like three other people that were like wrestling in from both teams and it was just to find I don't get why they had I mean. to I don't get why they had to uh affect the game like that some of these rules some of these ref plays is just like you know you could just be cool and just not affect the game yeah yeah but that's pretty whack um but yeah they got the two nil and Dortmund wasn't able to do anything um I mean to be fair to Chelsea they were already up one zero um, and they were the better team that game. But the the biggest thing, Dortmund got, uh, Julian Brandt was hurt. That's why Gio Reyna had to come in. And Ju- Julian Brandt has been their best player all season in league. So that, that I feel like that really threw them under. Yep. Gio Reyna has been a great super sub lately, but I didn't see anything from him in the no. whole game. But yeah, we got some great games coming up next week. Uh, we got Liverpool, Real Madrid. After Liverpool's going to try to come back from that 5-2. Napoli up 2-0 against Frankfurt. I think that one's basically sealed too. Yeah. City and Leipzig 1-1, but they're going back to City now. I think I think City will, City will take that. I don't know. And then Inter beating Porto 1-0. That one's going to be a good second one. Yeah, at Porto. So that one's going to be a great game. Who do you got in, in the four of those? Um, I'm going to have Inter, uh, Man City, Napoli, and I'm going to take Real Madrid. I do Real Madrid, Napoli. City, you said Inter. I, I think Porto will come back. Sí. Your boy Mateo Suribe. Otra vez está ahí el plebeo. He's the captain, I think. Uh, all right, let's move on to Europa League. Today, today, today was that day being uh, today's Thursday, and we got a full slate of games in Europa and Conference League. Uh, my Arsenal, they were down the whole game 1 0 and then 2 1. Yep. They ended up tying it off of a weird ass own goal deflection. Yeah, Granite Shaka was. I don't know where that pass is going. He was like in the middle of the field, right outside the box, and he tried to like pass cross to like the corner flag. So like, yeah, and, and it hit a, it hit their their center defensive mid, and it went, went in. in. 
And I was like, let's go. I was at my work. <laughs> You're you like, know? I'll take those all day. Yeah, dude, I'll take it. Um, Juventus versus Freiburg is going to be a good one because they only have a 1-0 lead. The Maria rejuvenated out of nowhere, scoring another goal. Did you goal. hear the news about Pogba? So Pogba, was he just came back from injury. He had a league game um, last week. So this was going to be his first game back into European competition. But during their pre-game meeting, he was late. So because he was late that the day of today, um, he got dropped by the Maximo Allegri, I think is their coach. Yeah. He's like, no, you're not even on the roster because you're late. So didn't like rescind his contract, but just told me you're not playing today. Yeah, just, you're oh, not playing today. Damn, bro. But that goes I mean, to show, dog, even if you're a professional. Right. Like, bro, you have a, like a, the best job in the world, that some people would say, and you're late. Uh, Manchester United beat Real Betis 4 to 1. Not even Andres Guardado can save those mans. Damn. Yeah, Andres Guardado came in as a sub at like the 60-something, 65th minute. But you can't stop this Manchester United right now unless you're uh, Liverpool. Unless you're Liverpool and you can put seven on them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I mean, United played this game angry, man. Everyone got a goal. Rashford, Anthony, Bruno Fernandes, even Weghorst. Even him. He got a goal. He was like crying at the corner flag when he scored. Really? he wasn't crying, but he was, like, super emotional after he scored, like, celebrating. I mean, dog, he's been hella criticized. Yes, to be fair. Yeah, but he's hustling out there. He got his goal. And he's like, I'm going to let's go home. Feynor Shakhtar, uh, Santi Jimenez didn't even play because he got hurt during warm-ups. Yeah, unfortunately. Felt a discomfort. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I just, had to take a, I just had to take a dumpy. I saw him on his phone when the camera panned to him. I was like, this was playing Candy Crush or something instead of watching the game. Playing Subway Surfer right now. <laughs> yeah, he was on the bench, which is good, right? Like, they didn't remove him from, like, the... It probably happened too late to remove him from the roster or whatever. But, yeah, they got a 1-1 draw. And, I mean, Danilo, who usually subs in for him in and out with Santi, didn't score. Uh, so that's usually... Uh, a sign that Santi will probably come back in as soon as he's available again. Yeah, I saw some interviews of Danilo, and um, it almost like the way he was expressing himself about Santi. They asked him about Santi, like, "What do you feel playing with him? How do you feel he's doing?" Danilo was like, uh, "Oh, he's good. Like the times that we play together, we connect with each other really good." Um, almost giving the impression that Santi is now more of like the starting forward yeah like and he likes playing with him so yeah so uh they're able to be paired up more more often kind of giving his coach hey like put in this put put us in together let me yeah let me put in that playing time with him but the good thing is asante's kind of coming in to like solidifying himself as the first year starter right the everyday starter that's good to hear the kings of the europa league sevilla won 2-0 against fenerbahce they're unstoppable yeah, I mean, in the Europa League. Fenerbahce has uh, Diego Rossi, the ex-LAFC player. He came off the bench. Fun fact, in the 67th minute. LAFC should get him back, man. He shouldn't be out there for 20 minutes. All right. Playing Europa? Yeah, in Fenerbahce. Oh, I don't know. 20 minutes in Europa, LAFC. Hey, where did Gareth Bale go? 
instead of playing champions. <laughs> he went to retire and play at Pebble Beach. Exactly. That's the life, Doc. Let's move it on to the Premier League. Manchester United, what we already prefaced earlier, they got Shit. a good old smacking from Liverpool. 7-0. to zero. Historic smacking. That's their worst loss ever. Uh, their first loss since January when Arsenal beat them. Just throwing that out there. That was a bad game, man. <laughs> this is a bad time to be a United fan. You're going into it so confident. You are. This is a Clásico, right? It's a big game against uh, against Liverpool. And to lose that bad. We were even saying in the Discord, if you've ever played street ball, after about 5-0, if the, team, the other team doesn't let up, they're not chilling out and touching around you if they're that much better, you, you're, somebody's going for a leg. Yeah, got to calm them down. I think um, Lisandro Martinez tried doing it, but he was the only one. <laughs> yeah, I would not. What's they call? What do they call him? El carnicero? Oh, is that what he called? I think they call him the carnicero, uh, and then they call him the butcher in English. But yeah, dude, if there were one person that I know would have the the pride to be like, all right, dude, like somebody's got to calm these fuckers down. It w- I would think it would be Lisandro to go and try to take out a leg. Yeah, but the goals were so funny almost. Like, they went in so comical. Mm -hmm. Like, some of them were really good, don't don't get me wrong. But, like, the one where Salah took on Lisandro Martinez, Lisandro Martinez did not know where the fuck the ball was. Like (laughs) When he did the... People were making memes when he did, like, the 360. There's a perfect still image where he got him completely turned, and they were running parallel, like, (laughs) like... At that point, Mo Salah was running after Lisandro yeah. Martinez because he had turned completely turned him. Because Mo Salah, when he's on it with that open space, that double movement he does, he does it all the time, and it's so deadly. Like I can't even imagine. Like if I were that defender, like there's no way in hell he would not turn me. Yeah. Like but yeah, when they're on it, when when somebody like Salah's on it, it's they're on it, man. Three braces. Cody Hakpo got a brace. Darwin Nunez got a brace, and then Mo Salah got a brace, and even Bobby Firmino came off the bench and got a, oh, got a yeah. goal. He's leaving at the end of the season, right? Yeah, it's basically. They're, they got too many other heads. I think he understands. He's overstayed his welcome a bit. Yeah. Too many well, too many hands in the kitchen. I wonder where he's going to go. Come over to Arsenal. Let's go. <laughs> no, man, now he'll, he, I'm assuming he'll go to a top club. Yeah. I, I think he'll, he's going to stay at. In the Prem, you think? Yeah. I could see it. Maybe a Newcastle. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Maybe a Wolves. Yeah, Wolverhampton. Wolves I don't think he'll go bottom of the table. They are bottom of the table. I mean, don't tell me. True. Yeah. He, they need a striker. Like, I feel like he's got like the ego to be like, no, dude, I'm going to a good team. <laughs> Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, Richardson doesn't even want to be there anymore. Do you hear uh, him? Okay. How upset he was in his post interview? Oh, yeah. He didn't even want to talk about blew it. blew up. And he, I think he started oh, he directly. Blew up? Yeah, I think he started directly going at Antonio Conte. Shit, um, man. But yeah, speaking of Tottenham, they lost to Wolverhampton over the week. Let's and go. Now they, <laughs> and now they just lost and got out of uh, Champions League. And Raul Jimenez had one of his best games. Yo, I was loving watching Raul Jimenez that game. He was, he seemed, a, we saw a glimpse of old Raul Jimenez. He would... Go get the ball. Whenever he had the ball, he knew what to do with the ball, and he looked dangerous. He put his team in an advantageous position. Yeah. He even got that shot away that ended up leading into the goal. Yeah, bounced back to Adama Torre, and he got a 
Good and, little deflection and back. And finally, Adama Chari scores a goddamn goal. For real? That dude's doing more than just rubbing baby oil on himself now. Have you uh, seen him do that? Yeah. He rubs baby oil before the game and at the half so that defenders slip off of him. Um, I mean, bro, you got hella muscles. Nobody's. <laughs> what is there to grab onto, dog? Those things are too big. Can't palm it. But yeah. Good to see them in form. They look like. What like two three years ago, Wolves? Yeah, uh, Ruben, with the same names. Ruben Neves all. was giving some banger shots, like slightly over the the goal, or having um, Yoris make a good, good, a good save. save yeah. yeah, we've seen it all season. They'll get one, and then they slip right back into yeah bad form. So we'll see. Lopetegui ball's got to come into effect. Is that how you say it? I don't fucking know. Uh, We've gone like six episodes without like probably saying it wrong. Chelsea finally win a game in league. Against. So they got so they got the the Champions League game and then they won in in league against uh Leeds. Oh, Wesley Fofana, the defender, got the one nil on a header on a, on a corner. It had to be a defender. Could not be their forwards. Nope. Except in Champions League. They, they, they finally forwards. started coming to <laughs> I know for uh <laughs> In Champions League, they do. They started coming through. Havertz and and uh, and Sterling. And Pulisic came back in Champions League. He got a good 10 minutes. Oh, did I he? forgot who he was. I was like, God damn, who's this kid? Oh, this will still play soccer? That's well, there's rumors that Real Madrid won him. What? You haven't heard of those? No. Yeah, I don't know where they're coming from. I'm dead. It's like, it's like hearing a rumor that a better team wants a shitty player from a shitty team. Like, that's kind of weird. You know what? Maybe Real Madrid is doing this thing where they're getting a whole bunch of young players to revamp their team. Because they're getting a whole bunch of old hits. They have Camavinga. They want... Uh, they got Camavinga. They got Chuamani. Chuamani. They want Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham. Kvarskelia. Kvarskelia. Yeah. They want I mean, Mbappe. They want... Uh, apparently, they want... Yeah, that's a whole new generation, right? Because you got to get rid of... You got to get rid of Benzema. Pretty soon, you gotta get get rid of Modric. You gotta get rid of Tony Cruz. You gotta get rid of Carvajal. You gotta get rid of Nacho Fernandez. It seems like he's still pretty solid, but there's a lot of names that you can revamp there, and they have to happen naturally at some point. Tony Cruz wants to retire already. Yeah, he's Modric, like, I'm done. Modric has the lungs to play ten more years, but I'm sure he's internalizing it and seeing that he should soon. Uh, so yeah, whole bunch of people moving around. I don't know where Pulisic fits in all that, but I've heard of it. And there was some passion from Graham Potter after the game. He screamed at the fans like, yay. Oh, shit. Um, Is that what you guys were waiting for, Chelsea fans? That's exactly what they wanted. Let us know in the Discord if that's what you wanted, folks. Hey, but the Leeds United, they're just not picking it up whatsoever. Mm -mm. Leeds is bad. I think the last goal that they scored was Junior Firpo, their defender. Um Tyler Adams is still pretty solid in that mid with McKenney, I think, but I, they're not making options. They have their forwards are struggling. They put in a new forward, Giorgino Rudder, a twenty-year-old Frenchman, this game, and oh. it's just not working. But you got to create options. Brendan Aronson at the cam, I don't think he's doing that great. Um, they got to they got to figure it out. They're not they're not producing. They're not being dangerous. They they desperately miss. Rodrigo Moreno. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Everything went through him, but he's out till mid-April, I think. In Germany, I didn't really have too much, except at a high level, I wanted to say Dortmund and Bayern are now five points clear. After just two weeks ago, it was like a three, four-way tie almost. Yeah. And 
it's only going to get worse from here. Union Berlin, Leipzig, and uh, uh, Freiburg, and I forgot who the fourth team, the four teams below those two Frankfurt. either drew or they lost. Frankfurt is the one after that. Yeah, they all drew or lost this weekend. How are you supposed to try to stay up with them? You can't. Uh, Bayern Munich's depth is insane. and But some of them are losing to some whack teams. <laughs> Or drawing to whack teams. And like, there's no way that's not sustainable in the league. You can't give up any points when you're close to Bayern or to Dortmund. I, I, I find it admirable that Dortmund's staying in that fight. Um, but with Julian Brandt out now, I don't know how long he's going to be out. It's going to be a struggle. But it's just whack. Yeah. It should have been a tighter tighter race. All right, so let's move on to España. We got, a, we got a big gap there too. It's nine points now because... Barcelona beat Valencia 1-0. What's new? Valencia sucks. <laughs> and Real Betis pulled out a draw versus Real Madrid. And Betis hasn't lost in four games. Yeah, and Real Madrid can't really pick it up for some reason. It's been a few games now where they're either slipping, tying against 10 men uh, Atletico Madrid, or lose, uh, tying against Real Betis, losing against Mallorca. Like, they just keep dropping these points. I think they maybe, like, Psychologically, they kind of get too carried away with the single elimination tournaments with champions, and they got they still got Copa del Rey to fight for, right? Against Barca, yeah. But they lost one zero. Yeah, yeah. So they're still in it. Um, yeah, they gotta they gotta take care of these long haul tournaments, man. You gotta you can't drop points. You gotta stay as close as you can. Win those other tournaments, and it's maybe still be in the fight and then try to win. It's maybe what we're talking about. It's just their aging squad. Yeah, they can't keep up with all these Gavis and Pedris of the world. You only play them twice a year. You just got to keep up with the Guardados, the Joaquin, <laughs> Guido Rodriguez. Yeah. How, yeah. The Borja Iglesias from Real Betis. You got to get a, you got to get a win against these teams, man. Especially if you're the Real Madrid that's beat Liverpool five to two. You got to show that quality in the Barcelona game. Ronald Araujo got a red that might be big that is big but i think those three points were bigger if ronald Araujo wasn't or didn't commit that foul that valencia player was gone yeah he was going 1v1 huh oh yeah he was gonna go 1v1 yeah so let paso right next time and he's like i was like "Uh uh-uh you ain't going anywhere so yeah deserve it high risk high reward he could have gotten that red and they could have lost anyways yep because you are now gonna be without a very good defender and one player down for about 30 minutes. So that was very risky. I don't know if Xavi loved it in the moment. And they had just missed a penalty. Ferran Torres had just missed a penalty right oh, before. Oh, yeah, I saw that. But uh, I forgot about that. So it's just risky all around. Hey, the luck is on their side but right now. Let's go. They risked it and they got the biscuit. So it ended up working. But kudos to them. Uh, in other news, Atletico de Madrid, they won 6-1 to one over six Sevilla. 6-1. to one. Sevilla's hot and cold, man. They, the kings of Europa League, they seem to kind of be doing better in Liga. And then you get smacked by Atletico. Yeah, Sevilla's sitting 17th place, 25 points. Almeria's 18th with 25 points. Yeah, they're tied for that they're relegation tied spot. for number 18th. Do you think... Atletico de Madrid can fight for a second. They're eight points behind Real Madrid right now. Um, I think it's a possibility. Yeah, if you if we're at the end of the season and Atletico is second, I would not be surprised whatsoever. Yeah. 
they still got time. 15 games. Yep. They're only eight points away from Real Madrid. They're 17 away from Barcelona. I don't think that's possible. But, yeah, it's going to... I think they could they can keep pushing and get closer to Real Madrid if Real Madrid keeps slipping up. In the Netherlands, the only call that I really had, we had a clash of North Americans. Ricardo Pepe and Santi Jimenez went at it. Groningen versus Feyenoord. And nothing happened between the two. Feyenoord won, which was expected. First place versus, what, second to last place? Yeah, second to last. 17 points in the league. Groningen's got to make some points or else they're getting relegated. Gone. Pepe will survive. Yeah. He Well, he's he has to go back to Augsburg, and there's rumors that he's going to get um, he's gonna get sold anyways. So I, I think he'll be fine. He's towards the top of the, the goleadores list. I'm sure Pepe's in, in the minds of a lot of teams to try to bring him in as a as a good help. He's a big physical player. Uh, I'm sure plenty of teams would love to have him. Worst case, Augsburg would love to have him back. Let's move it right into CONCACAF Champions League. That just started this week. Tuesday, we had three games. Austin FC <laughs> lost 3-0 to Violet AC from Haiti. From Porto Prince. Who are not even on FootMob on most of the searchable internet. Uh, but fun the, fact, they're a 104-year-old club. Damn. Insane, right? Yeah. I I was reading the, the Haitian League. It's like defunct slash... They haven't been able to fully have a full season in years because of the government problems and the everything yeah. that's going on in the country. So this is crazy. This is a huge. It's insane. Did you watch the goals? Did you watch the highlights yeah. of that game? Yeah. The two headers where the guy just imposed his body. Just a massive ass fall. The forward just. He went at the dude that scored the own goal, which we'll talk about and laugh about in a second. <laughs> he went straight up against Amro Tarek, their center back, and just bodied him got a laser straight into his head boom just said get out of here both this of them are the exact same and then the three zero the same striker got a yeah. shot on goal keeper blocks it falls to that same center back Tarek. i have no idea what he was trying to do a bicycle kick he's trying to clear it bro i know what to wear <laughs> like he was trying yeah i think he was in all seriousness he was probably trying to get it over the net or try to kick it around but he just looks so weird, and he did like a half, half bicycle kick and kicked it straight at the goal. It's a banger of a goal. <laughs> Beautiful goal. He looked like the striker just putting like the final dagger in on a goal, like just to tap in. And then you just see him as he's falling backwards, like starting to hold his head. Like I kind of, no. I kind of felt bad. Oh, horrible! It was yeah. all three goals were his fault. Yeah, he had a terrible night. Yeah, that's funny. It's one of those nights he will never forget. And it, this is completely like lit up Twitter with anti MLS content, with people being like, "This is what I think of when I think of the MLS." Uh, people being like, "MLS really thinks they're a top league now." All these things, right? And this going along with the content on all the St. Louis games, you know, the back to back goals that the the new St. Louis teams gotten, where they get the ball passed back to yeah. one of them, and people are like. Do they really think they're serious over there in MLS? I don't know. It's funny. I think Austin has the talent to score all three plus more in the, in the second game, especially if they get Drusy and they stop fucking around with bench players. But it was just hilarious. I, mean, I think it comes down to, you know, 
you represent a league you represent a team um i was actually i would like to be harsh on them because everybody thinks that you're a, a retirement league like come on and you're gonna throw in bench players and get destroyed three zero like that cannot happen you want to take away the stigma from the league itself and you're not helping it at all the interesting thing Two teams on Tuesday from MLS put in bench players, Austin and Philadelphia, and they both did not get positive results. They didn't get a win. And then the team that put in their good players, even though they got a draw against Tigres, Orlando had, I think, all their players that they played on the weekend except for one. They subbed in a, a center back, I think. Uh, and they got a positive result at Tigres, at uh, Monterrey, in El Volcan, with 0-0. With, with the stack Tigres, uh, yeah. a league playing Tigres as well. Which goes to show, like, you maybe you shouldn't be underestimating your opponents in this no. thing, right? Because these teams are playing at home. It's a completely different ballgame. It's a different environment. It's almost a different game. The quality of the grass, the amount of noise in the stadium. Those players become world-class players on their field, yeah. right? And they showed it there. I mean, 3-0. That was crazy. But... Apparently, they might forfeit the second game. Yeah, because they don't that? have visas. Only 12 people on the team, not players, people, including coaching staff, everything, have visas to travel to the U.S. So they might have to forfeit the game. And it it, it doesn't, like, tie it up 3-3 or something. Apparently, a forfeit leads to disqualification. Wow. So Austin would move on, which, to be honest with you, would be so embarrassed. It's like, I think it's more embarrassing than yeah. anything else. <laughs> Uh, if they were to move on. And it's just sad because, like, I saw people online arguing both ways. One being like, how sad is that, Austin? Come on. You're really going to let this happen? And then people being like, it's not our fault. That team's so dumb for not having visas and blah, blah, blah. Fix your your what? paperwork. Fix your this. Fix your that. At the same time, the organization, CONCACAF, how do you allow teams to play in a tournament that they can't go to certain countries? Yeah. Yes, the that that team probably need to do some paperwork earlier or whatever, but can't you verify that before? They're gonna have to go play in the US or Mexico or some other country at some point. They need to have passports, visas. This is just sad. Yeah, I mean nothing else. It's just sad. It's um, at the end of the day we want teams to play. You wanna win it on the field and not by a technicality or by in this case, by Allah not being able to field 11 players, or 7 for that matter. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was 12 players, and I was like, dude, then take 12. Yeah. You just got to park the bus, right? make one sub at the half, boom. You could lose 3-2. You could lose 2-0. Um, but, yeah, if it's 12 total, that's kind of screwed. I was thinking, what if they signed, like, I, I and I don't think you can register them at this point, but I was like, what if you signed USL players? Right. And then you just, you just take them all. But I don't think, I'm sure they've already submitted their roster for the whole tournament. But yeah, Lanza got a good draw against Philadelphia. I think it's going to be a lot tougher in Philly. Uh, Orlando got a good draw against Tigres. Orlando parked the freaking bus. You could tell the, the player of the game on Full Mob was Pedro Gallese. And yeah, he got a good one. amount of saves. He did. Um, but Tigres had to put one away, man. You can't put up the chance in uh, Orlando. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Tigres fans, but you can't leave it up to odds like that. And Guignac can't play. I know. I saw that. Why can't he play? He can't travel because the U.S. has a vaccine mandate. 
to and enter he, the country. He's not vaccinated. And he's not vaccinated. Ay, Pendejo. Can't he just go get a couple right now? Like, yeah, just just take one for the team, literally. Go fake it, bro. Just go. Yeah, dude, I know a guy. No, <laughs> no, no, I mean, he should get it. He should, on, on all seriousness, he should get vaccinated. Um, it's something so yeah, at this point necessary, you know? I wonder what he, like, I want to be a fly on the wall in their room right now. Where they're all like, I'm sure they're supportive of him, but at the same time, I wonder if people are just like, "Dog, you're really gonna miss the game because of that." What if they lose? Yeah, I mean, very they can very well lose. Orlando is a tough team, and they're playing home. Like, yeah, again, just like we what we mentioned about MLS underestimating opponents, Tigres can't do the same. Yeah, they can't underestimate Orlando. Tigres has the firepower, though. I mean, they're gonna put in Diego Linus. As a dupla with Nico Ibanez or they'll put in Diente Lopez. But did you see Diego Linus at the game? He didn't do anything. He probably touched the ball. They keep putting him in for 20 times. minutes, dog. Like, he's literally a 20-minute specialist. That's all. I don't think any team has trust in him that he can. One, that he has the fitness to play 90, but also that he he needs to be that game changer. And the easiest way to be a game changer is for the game to start. And you to go in to change the game. It's, he just doesn't have anybody's confidence that he can play full 90 and do well. Sad. But maybe he'll show us up in the second game. He's definitely shown up before against MLS teams with America, against CONCACAF teams overall. On uh, Yesterday, on Wednesday, Leon showed up for Liga Mekis. They got the only win against Tauro FC. I have no idea who that is. Tauro... Yeah, honestly, I think they're from Panama. And then Olympia handed it to Atlas, 4-1. to one. Olympia from Honduras. And people need to stop being surprised about this. No. Olympia is a stacked team. They are in first place in Honduras. They are undefeated. Eight wins, three draws. They've only gotten three goals scored against. 21 goals scored. Amazing goal differential. They're five points clear, 11, 11 games in. This is a powerhouse team. I don't think I don't like the comparison with uh, Austin versus uh, the team from Haiti because this is a this is a powerhouse team in a whole country in yeah. Honduras in a soccer country in a soccer country exactly. Um, so kudos to them. Atlas has got a lot of work to do in the next game. They were down one zero and then Julio Furch scored the one one in a penalty. And they allowed three goals back to back to back. Olympia has a striker, uh, Jorge Benguche. He's a freaking beast, man. 26-year-old, big physical forward. He uh, he used to play at Boa Vista in Portugal. So he's got the European experience. And he kept just getting beautiful through balls right behind uh, Santa Maria, the center back from Atlas. Just creating that little bit of space on a run up, getting that ball right through. And beating him pure speed and power. And that dude was like trying to hug, grab a shirt, Mama. grab a titty, grab something. <laughs> but no, brother, you can't do that to a grown-ass man. Yeah, and he scored two on him. Yeah, the last game, Vancouver, repping for Canada, won 5-0 over Real España from Honduras. Also from Honduras, fifth place there, so they're not as uh, great as Olympia. But we'll see how they do with that. I don't think they can do much with a 5-0. And then today... Uh, Pachuca, just earlier today, they got a 0-0 draw against Motagua for being the champions the Liga Mekis. I would have expected more. Currently, right now, LAFC, the first half is about to end. 
they're drawing against Alajualense, who we know Alajualense is a great team out of, great historic team out of Costa Rica. Costa Rica, vámonos. I know, pura vida. So we'll see what they can do with that. All right, bring it on home with the Liga Mekis. Pachuca, who we just talked about, they just drew today. They smacked your America. They did, bro. And that led to the drastic change over the past couple of days, confirming that Malagón is in and Oscar Jiménez is out. I don't know if we want to call it drastic measures. I think measures. Searching a keeper is big. It's not that drastic for them because they have a number two who everyone was like, Checking their watches, like, what time is this full gun come in, right? But, like, it's drastic to change your keeper. And especially because there's a lot of other problems in America. It's not yeah. just the keeper. Right, right. It's not just the keeper. I feel like the keeper in, in this scenario is the scapegoat um, along with Miguel Ayun. It's, For a, real it's a necessary Ayun. change, I yeah. think. And it's giving him a shot, too, right? I mean, it's also not saying, like, nobody's saying they're going to start having clean sheets all of a sudden with Malagón, right? But they're saying, like, apparently they gave Oscar Jimenez kind of an ultimatum or told them, like, we can't have any more mistakes. And then against Pachuca, he got nutmegged on a goal. Like, he had a pretty big, pretty bad mistake. I think it was the third goal. There's a shot, and then he carries it towards the Pachuca forward coming in, and that's the third goal. Yeah. So I think it's a good change. I want to see Malagón. I want to see what what's going on but the the defense uh the defense needs to pick it up i think that's where the main problem is and i think in general america is just not the same america that we saw last season yeah there's something missing there there's a spark no defiende bien pero no ataca bien pero no crea situaciones de gol yeah so it just comes down to the functioning of a team do you know why lara isn't playing anymore on the um, right. So Lara got injured and yeah. then so he was out for one game. But after that he was kind of like andaba sobrado. Mm-hmm. So he was um cocky. So then they sat him down to kind of put his los pies en la tierra so he understands that hey, you're only a player here. And I mean, you're gonna do what the coach is gonna tell you to do and you're not gonna play this game. Because I mean that right the right back spot was his. It is. Right. It is his. It was his. Right. Uh, and Miguel Ayun is completely getting tore up there by the fans on, like, his performance and, like, uh, how bad they're doing. But, I mean, they have – I would assume they would be working uh, Lara back in, but it might be, like, more of a personal thing with him and, and Dano to try to get him, like you said, to be more level-headed and to be uh, less cocky, I guess, because he was – there's that famous video of him against Tigres in the playoffs last year where he, like, stuck his tongue out at uh, Quinones and then they had beef after the game because of it. Yeah, it's one thing doing it to the opponent during a game, during the adrenaline, but it's another thing if you carry it on to your teammates, to the locker room. Is that what was happening? Yeah. Oh, shoot. So that's what's, that's what's going on internally. Man, so he tough. needs to come back down to earth and... When it comes to the other team stuff, I love it because like Liga Mekis, Mexican players don't we don't have those like villains anymore, right? Uh, David Ochoa would get made fun of for being a villain of of MLS because he would kick the ball in the stands, he would like talk to the crowd, like he would talk to other players and kind of talk smack. But that gives me the vibes from like the '90s with the Guatemo Blanco, the Garcia Aspe, the Pelais. Those fools don't hold their tongue. 
and Miguel Herrera when but he they was were player. yeah Miguel Herrera those fools but they backed it up right the thing and Lara was backing it up yep so I was like dude he, yeah he's 19 or whatever but dude he's he's talking it up but he's backing it up and he's locking down Quinones sure like yeah go ahead dog right but like if it's getting toxic in the locker room if it's not for if it's not productive if it's not like leading other players to just have healthy competition I think that's too much yeah internally but I, I I liked it against uh, I didn't really see him do it against Chivas. That would probably irk me. But yeah. like I, I thought it was cool. I mean, like that spark was something that was made it cool to watch and play because I knew this guy was gonna give it his all every game. It's so. kinda like that thing that Araujo and Vinicius Jr. have. Yeah. It's like this, yeah, this very competition. Tough battle. But he he was a little bit more mocking. He was a little bit more mocking. But yeah. as long as you it's like you do it in the locker room, that becomes toxic. Yeah, you can't do that shit. Yeah, so we'll see what Malagón can bring to this team if if that helps things. The only like, thing that worries me there is that I hope Tano has made it into this healthy environment for Malagón now. Yeah, I hope he's not telling Malagón, "Ora cabrón, si la cagas, vámonos tú yeah. también." At the same time, Malagón he has a. He has an Olympic medal. He has been in high-pressure situations. He was a star at Necaxa where they were doing horrible results-wise. They were doing a little bit better under Jimmy Lozano. But, like, I think he understands pressure. But once Necaxa and once America. Yeah, but they brought him in for a reason. Yep. And, I mean, Oscar Jimenez comes from playing at Chiapas before. I think uh, Malagón can step up to the occasion. I just hope his defense doesn't let him down. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah. It's a big uh, first game for him to, to come in. In other news, my Chivas all the way up to third place. Let's go. I added a note. Should they be reevaluated? Are they good? Reevaluated? What do you mean reevaluated? We've talked in this podcast in multiple episodes where we're just like, all right, like, but is this team real? All right. But even me as a Chivas fan, I was like, but I need them to win. They need to play better. They need to look better. They need to convince that they can be in any game environment and be able to put up a goal, put up two goals if they need to. And I'm feeling it more. Pocho Guzman is leading this team. He is giving them a new DNA, a new style of play. I even love when he was, uh, when he was uh, getting all feisty with, um, with uh, I think Pumas players last week or two weeks ago, Tigres players last week. I think he was, he was getting into arguments with some of their defenders and it's just like not backing down, even though you know Tigres are, and the Regios are the ones kind of make it, calling the shots right now, right? And like, it's just a different mentality in Chivas right now. And it's even affecting like El Piojo Alvarado is doing a lot better. Nene Beltran is really doing well right now. Like, I, I, I really like this Chivas team and I feel more confident going into Saturday nights and watching their games versus before it was just like, fuck, man, Jesus, they're going to gonna get wrecked again but now i'm like all right no matter what chivas is gonna give a good performance and they're probably gonna win and it's been a while since i felt that way yeah victor guzman is becoming ese referente he's becoming that guy for chivas he's becoming the guy who puts the team on his back and is contagious to the ones around him so chivas has been long waiting for someone like that you had it a bit with alexis vega but he was never um, what Victor Guzman is to this oh, team. Oh, yeah, totally. Alexis so, Alexis Vega was an amazing player, but he was 
He's also not in the middle of the field. He's on the left side usually, right? Um, so it really helps when you have that heart on the field with Bocho Guzman moves everywhere, right? So you get that energy that he brings. That To be honest with you, that Pachuca energy. Because yeah. Pachuca instilled it in him, right? Yeah. But he is an amazing lifeblood to this team. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it looks like they're going up. I, I'm excited. It's it's looking good for them. They're finally playing a good good soccer. They're being convincing 2-0 against Santos, 2-1 against Tigres last week. Um, who do they got next? They got Puebla. Puebla so and America. As long as, as long as they don't slip against Puebla, you know, they're going to go into that Clásico looking real good. It's going to be great. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Cruz Azul lost to Mazatlan on Friday. That was horrible. Cruz Azul. How pissed do you think Duca was? Oh, he was raging. Duca was probably swinging. Cabron, la prostata. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Duca was probably fucking wild. Yeah, I would not like to be in that locker room. You cannot lose to Mazatlan. They're not even like a real team. I think they're just more of like a sponsorship from Banda Recodo and that's <laughs> it. It's just like they get guys out there with God. jerseys that say El Recodo for the branding. But dude, no, 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 no. That was so bad. And they started off winning. This Cruz yeah. started off winning. Antuna. El Brujo. Antuna. El Brujo's got two goals in a row, two games in a row. Yeah, that, that was so bad. I think this might be a good wake-up call for Tuca, though, because he did say in an interview after the last game that he wasn't going to touch anything from the system that Wiki, the interim coaches put in because he saw it as like changing their DNA back to what Cruz Azul is and that he didn't want to touch it because they were winning. Now he's got to put in now, a little yeah. more mano de obra. Yeah. Be like, this is my team. Lo que no funcionó, lo que yeah. se cayó, you got to fix it. Yeah, you got to figure it out. And I mean, you're going to have these slip-ups, but you can't have it against Mazatlan. Yeah, man. it sucks that you had it against Mazatlan. Some other teams that we don't expect to win, Querétaro got to win. Against Toluca, Against man. Toluca. Toluca. I put money on it, and I just needed Toluca to win to get a good amount of parlay money. And they, Jeez. It was a horrible game. Queretaro got one goal off of a corner. And, you know, park the bus. Park it up. Yeah, oh, I'm going to. Leon, too. I think they got like five, four, five games without losing. And they've moved their way up to seventh. Uh, to seventh place, even though they start off pretty bad. And they're doing it with young players. They got... Fidel Ambriz, 19 years old, they're starting center mid. Wow. I think he should have been called it, up to this national team. But. ¿Es hijo de Nacho Ambriz o no? Mm-hmm. ¿Sí? Because mm-hmm. Nacho Ambriz was the loan coach back in the day, remember? He didn't, oh, he stayed there? Yeah. Well, I mean, probably Canterano. I mean, you stay there, right? Because Nacho Ambriz was there, uh, like, what, five years ago? Yeah, but for a good while. So that's, you know, you got the fam there. But yeah, his son, Fidel Ambriz, I'm sure he's going to go to Europe pretty soon. Wow. 19 years that's old, exciting. starting center mid. Let's go. I'm that, that's and a then good product right there. One of the defenders scored, no? His first goal ever? Guevara uh-huh. and Rubio. Okay. Who's a super young player? Hector Guevara. Yeah. 18 years old. He scored the, the 1-0 in the 91st. Did you see the video of the young player? Is he the one that went and cried with his parents? With his parents. Yeah. That's... That's the type of stuff we want to see more often. That's what we love, man. He scored a goal at 18 years old. The game winner goes over, cries with his fam afterwards. We love to see it. 
some wholesome stuff. And with that, let's close it off with MLS. I don't like that all the games are on Saturdays. Me neither. All day Saturday. And this weekend, the MLS games start at 9 a.m. 9 a.m. <laughs> and then there's a gap from 9 to 2 p.m. What the fuck? Why and then the rest of the games are from 2 all the way till 7.30, the Quakes. There's actually one Sunday game this week, LAFC versus New England. But almost every week, there's no Sunday games. I don't I, like that. I fucking hate it. It's weird. They got to... I don't know if it's TV scheduling, if like NBA or NFL own uh, the Sunday time slots, but they just got to get in there, man. We need a Friday game. We need some Sunday games. I would love a Monday game. We Yeah. Monday night football. <laughs> Monday no, night football. Because that's what we're used to. We're used to Friday being Querétaro or like Puebla. Yeah, in Mexico. And then you have Saturday, Sunday you have Pumas. Every and, once in a while there's a Monday game yeah. too in Liga Mekis. But so, I just don't like it that it's all in one day. And Just, most of them are like in a two, like a four window slot. Yeah. Because I would love to watch a good amount of MLS games. Me too. But if they're all 9 a.m. up until 7 p.m., I'm probably going to watch two. The 9 a.m. one, because I'm going to be chilling at home and put it on. Yeah. And then whenever the Quakes play. And I'm going to go get food, go do something else and miss the rest of them. I don't like it. Apple. I was actually craving some uh, MLS on Sunday. I was like, yeah, something, especially because it usually fits in between Liga Mekis games. Yeah. Liga Mekis is the 10 to 12 time slot in the morning and then uh, the evening game. And then the MLS game will be like 12 to 2 and then like a 7 p.m. like Sounders game and nothing, man. I don't know. But what I do know are Quakes won first one of the season. Let's go. They beat... Vancouver in a comeback win, and then Vancouver angrily smacked Real España uh, <laughs> in the CONCACAF. Uh, but, yeah, they got a win, comeback win. Uh, I wasn't able to go to the game. You weren't able to go to the game. I wasn't huh? able as well. I'm going this Saturday, though. Uh, your boy Moy's got some tickets. Let's go. If y'all want free tickets, jump into the Discord and hit up our boy Moises. But, yeah, Quake's looking a lot better. That second half looked really good. So it's optimistic for the season i think they just got to find the right players the right pieces put them together and they they do look pretty dangerous offensively bouncing back like this after their loss at atlanta mm-hmm. gives me hope for the rest of the season yeah yeah definitely they just got to play better in the first half get up in some games versus trying to come back right yeah and i feel like with time they they will because a lot of these there's a couple new players in the back line in the midfield that they, they need to get used to. Um, yeah. And then you can see it also going forward. You see it at Espinoza and you see Ebovisa doing really good, being able to connect with one another. Um, so it's exciting. Yeah. Exciting times. Uh, Christian Espinoza is about to pass uh, Shea Salinas already for top assist leader for the Quakes all time, which is wild. He's He's been here what, like five years. So that's great to see. And uh, we want to see more of them. Uh, LAFC versus Portland was a pretty good game. Uh, it looked like LAFC was going to smack Portland, and Portland ended up get, making it a tight game, 3-2. But Kelini and Carlos Vela got goals. So what a blast from the past to hear those two yeah. doing doing that. Vander scored his first goal there, the what $11 million signing that that Portland got. He got his first goal. It's insane for Portland. Yeah. He's got he's to prove his money's worth. Got to make it worth it. Miami. Knocked off Philadelphia 2-0. Miami's looking like the real deal this season. So I'm excited to see if they can uh, pull through. And Rodolfo Pizarro got MLS Team of the Week. 
Jeez, got an assist. Let's go. It looks like that that alone time and that training and all the all of all the uh, teams denying him and not wanting him on their team probably struck a nerve. <laughs> and I mean, it looks like he's coming back. We'd love which is to good see to see. It, yeah, he's barely like twenty eight years old, so he's got plenty of time, plenty of career left in him. Uh, Galaxy got zero points so far. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Galaxy. Come on, Carson. Come on. <laughs> they got. They lost three to one against Dallas. Dallas against Dallas. You serious? The front three of Dallas is pretty deadly, man. Paula, Jesus Ferreira. They got like yeah. Jesus Ferreira got a brace, and then Paula Riola got two assists. And Alan Velasco on the other side, a twenty-year-old Argentinian. They got, they got a good attacking front three, uh, and they got Sebastian Leget, Paxton Pomacol right behind them. They're they're good. Becky G's boyfriend. Becky G, like Becky, Becky, Becky G. Has uh, what is it? Fiance? Are they are they fiance? Yeah. Okay. I, did you see when they announced him? More people were excited when they announced that he was leaving LA Galaxy to Dallas. More people were excited that Becky G was yeah. coming than him. <laughs> that <laughs> that was from that. SF. He is. Yeah. That's crazy. They uh, Just recently, they were like trending on Twitter because he was in the area and he was taking her to like all of his old school, like uh, all the donut shops, restaurants and stuff. Oh, man. Imagine walking down the street and seeing them too. You mean seeing Becky G? Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> all right. And St. Louis, they got another giveaway goal. Teams are just being too nice to this new team. Yeah. They're like. And they got an own goal too. And so St. Louis got six points. Um, Charlotte still can't get a win. Yeah, Charlotte is struggling um, there at the bottom. Zero points. But uh, we did mention in our uh, transfers episode, Enzo Copetti, we were talking a little bit of trash, saying, like, this guy's kind of got a couple of red flags. That he started his career at 21, that he doesn't have the best goal-scoring rate before his latest stint with Racing. They signed him for a shit ton of money. He's already 27 years old, right? We were calling these things out. But he got a goal. He, he got his first goal. He, so we'll see if he can turn it on. He seems like a very big target up front. Uh, so I'm sure Charlotte fans are excited to have some firepower right now, even though they got zero points. All right, let's take it home, Cesar. What are you excited for this weekend? Give Ooh, me a I'm, couple games. I'm excited for America against Tigres, man. That's a good one. That's going to be a good game. Cruz Azul Pachuca. Clásico joven. Why the Clásico Joven is America Cruz Azul, bro? They're both they're both considered Clásico Joven. Oh, okay. Yeah, Capitalino, I guess is the other one. Uh, Monterrey Pachuca. That one's gonna be a good one. Let's go. Uh, outside of Liga MX, Fulham Arsenal. That's the one I'm excited as well. That's gonna be a tough one for Arsenal, man. Fulham can ruin your lives with that American backline. Uh, Real Madrid Español. We'll Damn, see if our boy think, Cesar Montes. Ces, I think this might be. One of Cesar Montes' first like huge tests with like a big team. So let's see what how he holds up. Barcelona Athletic de Bilbao. Bilbao's been struggling, but you know how those Vascos do. Uh Napoli versus Atalanta. Let's see if somebody can stop Napoli. I don't think Napoli's if, I mean Lazio stopped them last last week. They lost one zero against Lazio. For real. Let's see if they don't start slumping a bit. Uh but yeah, those are gonna be some great games. And that's all that I had, Sasan. And then obviously our Quakes. Our Quakes here versus Colorado Rapids. It's going to be a good game, but our Quakes got to pull through. Peace, everyone.